good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Thursday, February 9th, 2023. And our top story today, a decades-long push to see caregiving as an economic issue. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Kim and Mike Barnes from Parenting Aging Parents. Well, Kim, Mike, great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you. So it's been 30 years since the Family Medical Leave Act, guys. I, I didn't even know this, but back in the 90s, it was signed into law by President Clinton, giving individuals who have some level of a met, needing medical care to take a leave of, of uh, absence from their employer. And I, I want to, you know, you guys are so ingrained in the, uh, in the caregiving community, especially in your native Austin, Texas. I want to ask you, just point blank, Kim, I'll start with you, and then we can go to Mike. Is it, do we need a caregiving leave act for all those caregivers out there? I think that the, the family leave act does allow people who have needing to care for an an elderly parent. There are some stipulations in there that will allow them to use that. Mm -hmm. I think that it's something that a lot of people don't realize that it's, that it's uh, available. You know, we, it, it is, I think was well known that it was created for people when they have children to be able to give them the, the, you know, the mother time to be able to, when it was first created, Mm -hmm. the mother to have time to be able to recoup after having a baby. And I don't think a lot of people realize that it can also be used for people who are caring for elderly parents as well. Mike, do, do people underestimate the economic impact of, of caregiving? And, and you and Kim are both experiencing this with your parents, but there is a significant, from what I can tell, the Bureau of Labor Statistics that uh, there are a lot of caregivers out there and if they are home and they're not getting compensated, they're not contributing to the economy in the traditional sense. So there must be an economic impact there. Sure, it's, it's tough on everybody. If you're working for a company, it's tough on the company a little bit, just like if you're calling in sick a lot of times. If you're working on your own, like Kim and I have our own business, and when I have to take off for a day, go up to the Dallas area to see my mom and dad, I'm not working for Kim. So <laughs> you know, and she's my boss and she gets upset at me. But what I'm saying is that... It, it comes with the territory and it's been like that forever that if if you're an employee somewhere whether it's working for yourself or working for a company when you're not able to work then it hurts the company a little bit but but part of that i think is expected because that's that's why companies give you the vacation time that's why companies give you sick time because it's it's part of life and you just need to i think you just need to communicate openly with the people that you're working for, whether it's your wife or whether it's a, another boss, and make sure that they understand what you're going through and what the situation is. Because if you communicate well, I think it all works out well when, when you're working together. But certainly if you're taking unpaid family leave so that you can care for a person, that definitely impacts the employee because mm-hmm. you're not getting paid during that time. Right. It gives you the time to be able to help care for your elderly parent, but you're not going to get paid for that. And I think that it just creates... It's just a challenge, especially as I think that as people continue to age and get to, to to live longer. And so that's going to continue to be even more of an issue, I think, because people are living longer. And so you have parents that might be getting into their late 80s, their 90s, while you're still in the workforce. Well, guys, last uh, several weeks ago, I think maybe it was last week, they all, they all run together at this point. I was talking to Ray McGrath, who is a a caregiver for his mother. Um, and he said that it's really difficult to find a caregiver uh, today. I-, I wonder if having a more formal caregiving policy, and yes, there is FMLA, 
or I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I, I, and I was not aware of that. So you educated me along with probably the audience. Um, but I wonder if having some level of policy would help with attracting more people to a field that it seems to be very needed, especially since we have an aging uh, America. America mm -hmm. is aging. A, a lot more people, a majority of people are on the back end of 50 than are on the front end. That's right. Right, right. The statistics are staggering as far as the number of baby boomers who are turning, you know, 65 every every um year or every day, every day. compared to the number of babies even being being born. Uh, you know, I, I think that it is in similar to teachers or who are you know historically underpaid. I think care professional caregivers are also in a profession that is typically not paid as well as some others. And so that therein lies the challenge of trying to attract and keep really good people because the pay is not that great. And people don't realize how tough of a job it is, whether you're you're caregiving just occasionally or if it's every day, nine to five, so to speak, where you're having to help someone that much, it's, it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And it's tough whether you're a family member or you're just a caregiver helping out a family. It's so, so difficult. And that's why it's hard to find a good caregiver to really help out for every family. Uh, within your Facebook group, I have to think that, you, to your point, Mike, the stress, um, mm -hmm. you probably hear a lot from people uh, that they have a lot of stress. They have financial stress. They have the stress of taking care of their own family and and the stress of taking care, taking care of a loved one. Um, any suggestions for mitigating that stress? I mean, uh, it just seems like it's so overwhelming for so many people. Yeah. Well, I think part of it is that that when you enter this world, if you will, as the adult child, when you you sort of find yourself here, if you will, a lot of people don't prepare for it. And when you do find yourself there, you realize, oh gosh, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be looking for, what the questions are that I'm supposed to ask. I don't even know that there are all these services and services and providers out there that can help me because I've never had to do this before. So I'm not even sure what to Google. So I think that the more that we as a society, if you will, as we're getting, as we ourselves are getting a little bit older and seeing our parents get older is what are the things that we can do to plan ahead and be thinking about conversations we can have, those kinds of things, so that hopefully when we get to this stage, it's not quite as stressful. It doesn't yep. take the stress out of needing a caregiver tomorrow out of the equation, but it does hopefully help you have put some of those you know, things into motion and and have had those conversations. Well, speaking of conversations and planning ahead, I think it all has to do with communication when you're planning ahead, because I think back to when Kim and I had babies back in the, the late 90s and 2000, that it's not like we waited until the last minute and said, wow, let's take a date. Who should we get for a babysitter? I have no idea. You, know, <laughs> you start planning ahead. You talk to your neighbors, you talk to your friends, say, oh, wow. Yeah. Did you know that that Julia up the street is a babysitter. Oh yeah, we can we can use her. And you start planning ahead, mm -hmm. and and you don't wait until the last minute. <clears throat> Excuse me, the last minute. And it's the same thing here. Mm -hmm. Again, we've talked about it before that so many people are not comfortable and kind of scared to talk about their aging parents and the problems that they go through. Be open about it. Ha, you know, don't be scared to be able to talk about it and talk to your friends. And you'd be amazed to find out that, oh my gosh, these neighbors know about these, this certain caregiving company. These neighbors know about another caregiving company. Oh, now I have some options. I don't need it today, but when I do, I have some options to be able to think about. And by communicating, I'm able to plan ahead a little bit, a little bit more thoroughly. And truly that was the whole reason why the Facebook group was created was the fact that we felt like nobody talks about this. Yeah. And if we don't talk about it, we can't help each other. Yeah, really good point. And, and you guys brought up an interesting uh, point about a caregiving plan. 
I want to cover that in our next segment. When we come back, we'll talk about a caregiving plan and what you need to know. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Are you stuck with a low credit score? A credit report and score that's causing you to be denied credit or pay higher interest rates than others for the same things? Then do what Terrence did and called Credit Repair for your free credit evaluation to help restore your credit. I started thinking about buying a new house and my score wasn't where I needed it to be. I called and spoke with one of the representatives and we just had a good conversation and I, I liked what he was saying. Just one call for his free credit evaluation was all it took to start back on the track to repairing his credit. I'm seeing the deletions and I'm getting the report so I know something's being done. It does make a difference to me. All it takes is one call to get started. Credit repair has given me a second chance to have a better credit score. Don't let a low credit score hold you back another day. Do what Terrence did and make the call for your free credit evaluation. Call 800-819-4152. That's 800-819-4152. Again, 800-819-4152. Welcome back. We're joined this morning by Kim and Mike Barnes of Parenting Aging Parents. Well, Kim, Mike, thanks so much for staying with us this morning. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two. You bet. All right. So, uh, and I want to point out, Mike, that my wife is my boss's. <laughs> so, um, but it, but in, in all seriousness... In all, in all seriousness, you talked about, both of you talked about the importance of communication, but also that caregiving plan. And, and um, let's talk about that. What, what goes into this caregiving plan? Is it just finances, like, like power of attorney, or is there more that goes into it? Well, there's so much. Right. I, I think it, there, there's different pieces of it. Mm -hmm. And so, and they're all going to be very, very important. You know, when I think of a caregiving plan, a lot of times I think of the hands-on caregiving or the actual uh, physical part of that. So we could start with that, yeah. which is really having conversations with your parents ahead of time to figure out 
if mom or dad, you're not going to be able to take care of yourself completely, what are we open to? What are the ideas? You know, is there a, one of the, what is there one of the children, the adult children who has the ability to, maybe they're already retired. And so they have the ability to be the one that can go check on them every day or a couple times a week or whatever it is. Is it that we're going to need to bring in full-time care and can mom and dad, can you afford to bring in uh, that full-time care if you need it? Is it, is part of the caregiving plan going to incorporate part of moving to a retirement community? And I think so many of those things are going to be important conversations to have with your parents when they're, you know, very capable of being able to make those decisions and, and give their wishes, as well as having the caveat of what are you open to if some of those things don't play out in the same way that you might have thought. If that one sibling who is able to be retired, what if they have to go back to work and they're not able to care for you? Those kinds of things. So I think it's having to put in the the plan and maybe the contingency plans a little bit as well, don't you think? Yeah, and you, you can't, you, you hate to over plan because you never know what's going to happen. Right. But it, talking to the siblings, if, if all the siblings, and if there's only one or two, it makes it a little bit tougher and a little bit easier, depending on how you want to look at it. But however many siblings there are, make sure that they all communicate, not only amongst each other, but with their parents to figure out Who's going to be able to do what? And if only one lives locally and the other four or five are, are gone, then that's going to be tough on that one. And make sure everyone realizes that mm -hmm. because we've talked to people on our group that, that say, my, my brothers and sisters don't realize what I do and what I, what I sacrifice for mom and dad because they're gone and they come in once a year and fly in and say, oh, looks like things are good. See you later. And they're, they're gone. Make sure that you realize what your siblings are going through and what each of you can, can add to the equation and what you can use your strengths to, to help out, because that's the biggest thing. Again, it goes back to communication. Make sure you all have a good plan and you're all together knowing what each person should do. And as part of that caregiving plan, you're going to want to think about the medical power of attorney, which is going to be the person that can help make those medical decisions in the case that your parents aren't able to. You know, Does that make more sense for the person who's local, mm -hmm. potentially? And or is there one sibling or one child that's a little more empathetic or, you know, that, that, that will be the one that will follow their wishes. Yeah. That's also something that we hear a lot about, because if you have, you know, if, if mom and dad have a DNR and you have a, one of the adult children who says, I, I just can't, I couldn't, I couldn't go along with that. It would, I wouldn't be able to, well, then maybe that's not the person that should be the medical power of attorney. And then of course the financial or the durable um, uh, power of attorney is going to also be so important. And that's going to be part of your caregiving plan too. Yeah for who's going to step in and, and be able to make decisions financially if that's going to be needed. Guys, guys, where does um, long-term care insurance fit into all this or do, does it fit into this? I mean, it's getting more and more expensive vis-a-vis -vis the cost of care. So naturally, the you know back in the 90s, they said, oh yeah, the premium aren't going to change, but here we are, like, you know, there are many people in the back nine. Yeah. So mm -hmm. those costs have gone up, but where does long-term mm -hmm. care insurance fit into the, the conversation? I, I think one of the biggest things is people have to realize that just because you have insurance doesn't mean it's going to take care of all the problems. Because I think some people, whether it's medical or life insurance or, or long-term care insurance, anything, people think, oh, if I get this insurance, I'm set, don't have to worry about a thing. But if you do have long-term care insurance, yes, you are helped in some ways, but you're limited in others. So you just need to make sure you talk to an expert, mm -hmm. figure out exactly what they can offer, what you need, and make sure that it all goes in to, goes together to, to meet your needs. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, just all part of your whole financial plan mm -hmm. for how are you going to pay for your long-term care, whether it's through long-term care insurance, whether it's through some other means, 
uh, as well. Yeah. Uh, so when do you start this conversation? I mean, is it too late to start when someone hits 70? Or do you have to you think about it when you become 50 years old, for example? Like, do I need to have that? I don't have any kids, but do I need to have that <laughs> conversation with my spouse and say, honey, I mean, she's already the boss. We've already established that. Yes, but, yes. but do I need to have that? In all seriousness, do I need to have that conversation? Where, when, do you, when would be optimal for planning I, that? Well, I think first, it's never too late or too early. It's I never think too would early. Be the, definitely. Yeah, and definitely it, not. It never can be late. a little bit too well, late. Well, that's true. If, yes. if you have dementia involved or things like that, your window may have closed. Yeah. And so you don't have the ability to have that. But I, I think that starting the conversation as early as possible, because I think that it's at, at that stage, it can be a little more kind of hypothetical and a little less heavy mm-hmm. when it's sort of, you know, if we're having conversations with our kids who are in their twenties, they're not, ha- they're not worried that much about something happening tomorrow, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, but, but they at least have some ideas. But I, I think the, I think the biggest challenge with as, as adult children is that because there aren't developmental expectations of our of how people age like there are when kids are born or when you are when you have a two-year-old that basically two-year-olds do about the same things five-year-olds do basically about the same things the biggest challenge that we see within our group is the fact that there's really no there's no formula for a 50-year-old being this way a 60-year-old a 70-year-old an 80-year-old 90-year-old they're all different yeah we have 61-year-olds uh, parents that you know, people in the group who have parents who are in their 60s that are having significant health challenges. And then we have, you know, people in the group who have parents in their 90s who are, you know, one who whose dad fell and uh, broke a rib because he was he was out dancing, you know, so in his 90s. So, you know, you have that, that I think is the hard part is that there's not a magic number that, oh, when I turn 45, I need to make sure I've had these conversations with my parents. Yeah. I think it's, when when do you have the ability to, you know, just kind of again have it in a little not in jest isn't the right way or, or the right way to put it, but just when it doesn't have to be so so serious. But it, it's never too early because right. for, for thirty years I've had my dad's power of attorney in, in the safe in the closet, so I've never had to look at it, never needed it, but I know it's there, mm-hmm. which has helped. And I know that he's felt better because he's known that okay, my sister has a copy, I have a copy. Mm-hmm. If you need it, you have it. We haven't needed it, but we know it's there just in case. Mm-hmm. But yeah. by by the same token, uh, you know, as they get older and as they're 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 in their eighties now, as they're trying to figure out, okay, what's going to happen now? For twenty years, they bought the place where they're going to be buried into a, in a proverbial mausoleum, and it's the same place where Mickey Mantle is is buried. <laughs> and they they joke because they're in the penthouse because they're on the like the, the top floor, and <laughs> Mickey's not. It, it's been a joke in the family for twenty years, but now as we've as we've getting, gotten closer, they're both in their 80s. My mom's uh, Alzheimer's is getting worse and worse and worse. And we're starting to talk to dad about, you know, when it's time for, for a funeral, for a memorial service. You know, what do you think you're going to want? What do you think mom would want mm-hmm. as far as, you know, Bible verses, songs, and that type of thing? And that that's a, a hard thing to talk about 20 years ago when we're not even close. But we're able to kind of joke about, yeah, buried where Mickey's going to be. And and now it's a little bit it's a little bit heavier, but it's not out of the blue. It's like, okay, Dad, where are you going to be buried? What are we going to say at your funeral? It doesn't come out of nowhere because we've we've kind of built the laid the groundwork to make it to where it's not a gigantic. What are we doing? Oh my gosh! And the crisis isn't going to be nearly as big because of that. Yeah, and you certainly you're right. That it, it all comes down to uh, communication, mm-hmm. and uh, if you communicate regularly and openly, 
seems like you're going to be in a better spot. Kim, Mike, we're going to have to leave it there. Always a pleasure chatting with you guys. Really appreciate it. And I'm glad we established that our wives are our bosses. <laughs> have yes. a great rest of the day. We look forward to having you back. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Soon. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, all in one place. That's right, one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, visit our website and, of course, all of our streaming partners. We're back again tomorrow for another edition of BRNAM. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device. Are you being audited? And do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Is the IRS threatening to take more of your money? Don't fight the IRS alone. The Tax Doctor is here to help you negotiate your tax bill and reduce your stress. The IRS can freeze your assets and seize your bank accounts, but you can stop these IRS actions. The Tax Doctor will work with you using our years of experience to represent your case to help you get the best resolution under the IRS guidelines. Help is here to deal with the IRS to reduce your stress. We've handled thousands of cases, so we know what we're doing. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, do not call the IRS alone. Call a Tax Doctor now for a tax emergency analysis. Call 800-224-6439.